Welcome back. We are back with another edition of the Fantasy 40 Podcast with myself, John Davari, my co-host, Matt Walker, and as always, brought to you by our friends at Expand the Box Score. Today, we have a special guest with us, friend of the show. We're going to be talking IDP today, uh, particularly this 2023 IDP rookie class with our special guest, Hollywood, Daryl Winstead. Uh, D-Win, welcome to the show. I think you've been here once or twice before. Why don't you let people know where they can find you uh, out on the interwebs there, and then we'll start jumping into some questions for you. On the interwebs? Fancy. I like it. Um, thanks thanks for having me on. It's been a little while. I was beginning to think you boys hated me, but that's okay. No, no definitely definitely not that. I mean, if, if the, <laughs> the private Twitter chats tell us anything, you know, yeah. we, we, were all, we were all meant to be. It was just a matter of time. Um, First of all, we, I don't know what you're talking about. These private Twitter chats, I know nothing of these. Uh, listen, Elon, Elon already knows all about them, so he might as well just come clean. Point in time, scrub, scrub your DMs. <laughs> all downhill from here. But listen, before we get into the the IDP aspect, your your bread and butter, we know you're a Tennessee diehard, and John and I were just talking right before you came on about a pick he might have in the late first of a league where he's quarterback needy. And I said, you got to take Will Levis. And John doesn't seem to be uh, enamored with that. So I want to get your two cents. Were you were you a happy Titan when uh, they got no. Will Levis in, in the early second? No, they couldn't have screwed this up no more if they tried. <laughs> Just, I don't even know how you put this together to come up with this. This – it's horrible. It's horrible. Horrible. I guess it, yeah, I mean, I guess from a fancy standpoint, you probably got to take a shot on him because he's going to get the volume, right? But at some point, he's getting the volume because Tannehill ain't going to stay there. But he, boy, he's he's going to have some growing pains. You you can't teach uh, decision making and stuff like that, and his is horrible. Oh. Yeah, I don't disagree with that, but it also it does seem like your Titans are going a little bit in the in the wrong direction overall. Uh, so not only obviously you're not a fan of of his, but there's not a lot on that offensive side of the football. <laughs> so he's not getting no. a lot of help either. No, the only one that I would, uh, well, two maybe, definitely Henry and probably Chigo are out the tight end. That's be the only two that I would want fantasy wise, and. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a big Burks guy too, but you're right. I mean, you just got to think they're going to want to be run based, you know, just because of his position. You want to get some shake. He showed a lot of upside last year. And then, yeah, they're going to run Henry into the ground on this tail end. But it's just, you know, the makeup of the team is just strange to me right now. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely strange. Actually, the defense has come out looking a little better than I thought it would. But yeah, the offense is going to have, I, I just, I just don't know what their thinking is. Is it yep. a, is this their way of trying to punt it to next year and get some more pieces or or what? But man, the Levis thing, I think they should have waited and took Hooker and got a better value. Uh, maybe drafted someone real late because you're going to run with Tannehill anyway. But I would have rather let somebody else have Levis. Yeah, I mean, there was our reports they were trying to get into the late first to get Levis. So, I mean, by all accounts, sounds like they like him. You know, the fact that he went in the early second was only a byproduct of the team's not wanting to move 
off of those picks like my Eagles and such. But, yeah, you don't even take him there if you don't have designs on him getting a shot at being the starter. I mean, if you're really trying to burn this thing down, you don't you don't take Levis with an early second. You, you start building, right? Right. Well, I think their plans went to shit more or less when they tried to move up in the top three and they and Houston knocked them out of the pick with Arizona. Yeah. Yeah, and that was you know that was Houston outsmarting themselves right by by oh. taking Stroud two so that then teams didn't want to move up for three and then moving the farm for a guy I'm sure we'll be talking about in short order um, in this IDP draft yeah that was that was a curious start but you know it was clear that the, the Titans wanted to do something at their in their QB room because they're all but done with Tannehill but yeah uh, Lovis wasn't their first choice. Houston and Tennessee are combining forces to race to the bottom. <laughs> They're doing everything they can to stop Jacksonville and Indianapolis succeed. So, well, listen, if ever there was a year to do it, sure. Well, walk, walk already kind of mentioned uh, their trade up for that number three pick and and the eventual, uh, you know, arguably top guy in this class, Will Anderson. So overall before we get specifically into him and the positions overall, this class in 2023 from a IDP fantasy perspective, what did you think of this class compared to the last couple classes? Any guy, I know you do a little IDP Debbie stuff, any of the future classes coming down. Did you think this was a particularly weak class, middle of the pack? Where were you on this group as a whole? Um, it's kind of different, right? Uh, if you're looking at it fancy-wise, you, you're probably thinking it's a little bit weak because of the linebacker and the safety groups. Um, corners always deep, but this one was really deep. So a lot of good top-end players, too. Um, I think the strength of it is going to be the edge class, the defensive linemen, right? Because they were a lot of those come out, um, a lot of good stars. So um, if that's what you're looking for, then this was your class, right? That's where you're going to get most of your uh, your good guys here. Uh, if you're looking for linebackers and stuff, it's it's really thin. Yeah, I, I'm a big – I mean, I think most IDP, the way the scoring is set up and stuff, everyone by default is a big linebacker guy. And, yeah, I was pretty disappointed <laughs> as I kind of went down <laughs> the list here and you're like, uh, it, and, and we'll kind of get into that too. A lot of it – ends up being team fits and all that stuff, but kind of just going yeah. through the, the positions for you. Uh, give us your top five at each one of the defensive spots. Um, yeah. So defensive tackle, um, everybody's going to start with Jalen Carter, who probably should have been the first player off the board, right? Until yeah. some of this drag racing off season stuff. So um, he's going to be your top. If you're, Breaking it down, top defensive tackle. Um, Brian Breezy in New Orleans is going to be second. Um, really like him down there, playing with Cameron Jordan and those guys. Um, and then behind that, I think there's a there's a drop-off a little bit. You've got um, – <coughs> excuse me, you got player like Keanu Benton in Pittsburgh. Um, I think he'll be a good fit there. Uh, Kobe Turner for the Rams – that has some upside. Anytime you can play next to Aaron Donald, you have to look at that. Um, and then after that, there's just a lot of 
hodgepodge. I mean, it's dart throws and crapshoots. So not that these players aren't good, but I just think those those are your top ones right now. So you're not a Collage Cancy fan? <sighs> not as much as everybody else. Um, I think he's going to do – I think he'll do well. Um, I guess I got soured because too many people were – being lazy and trying to say the next Aaron Donald because he played at Pittsburgh and all this. And I don't know, his arms just kind of short. He's kind of short. So, but he produced. So, um, I like him. I just think in rookie drafts, you know, we're talking about fancy. I think he's going to get pushed too high. So I'll let somebody else land him. And I think a big problem with defensive tackle is. You know, d- depending on league scoring, it, it isn't necessarily a premium spot unless your league bumps up the scoring for DTs and make his defensive tackle premium. Like a lot of the stuff I was reading about a lot of these guys from a fantasy perspective, they're like, you know, can he generate pass rush from the inside? And then some of these guys are more, you know, run stuffers and they're not going to get any pressure on the quarterback. So I, I think a lot of that you have to really look at league scoring. And I mean, people say that all the time with regular leagues, but I think in IDP, you really have to be familiar with it because some of these guys, like, correct me if I'm wrong, Mozzie Smith should have decent tackle numbers, but I don't think he's going to get any real, you know, piece of the quarterback. So I think if your league isn't skewed super heavy on, on sacks and, 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 pressures and you know tackles for loss and all that stuff i think a guy like that can become a value where some of these other guys you know based on league scoring maybe take a take a step back or step up depending on what kind of specialization your league has in the scoring yeah yes like you said scoring always kind of trumps everything right but i guess with idp it the next thing would be is if your league is position specific. So if you have to start defensive tackles and corners instead of D line and defensive backs, they got more value. Right? So um yeah, Mozzie Smith should get a good number of tackles. Um I wouldn't expect a lot from the pass rush. Um but the one good thing for Canty though, looking back at him real quick, he gets to play next to Vita Bay, right? And that team is probably gonna be <laughs> pretty bad. Uh, so he, he, he could see the field a lot, which is, you know, volume. Um, I mean, there's some good things to like about him. I just think value-wise, as far as fantasy, he's getting pushed a little bit higher than he should be. Yeah, I mean, like you said, he landed in a decent spot with Vea next to him. But, yeah, he's going to be a liability in the run game. So if he's a situational inside pass rusher, then you're going to have to yeah. live and die by pressures and sacks in a position that, you know, the the greats get what? eight to 10 sacks from uh, at this point in yeah. time. And he's not going to su- supplement that with tackle totals. You know, Vita, they be damned. You know, he's just a liability <laughs> given his size. So uh, I'm there with you. I mean, the, the Aaron Donald, it's, it's all, it's all well and good. Cause he's undersized and went to pit. Okay. Fair enough. I mean, we're just going to compare <laughs> every single player that meets certain yeah, criteria and get, wears the same helmet. You know, <laughs> so be it. <laughs> Right, I mean, all these undersized Z tackles should go to pit then if it's going to get them rung up the draft board as first round picks. So we already right. talked a little bit. Sorry, we already talked a little bit about linebacker being a little 
light this year. There's a couple guys at the top, um, and, and I don't think they even got the best landing spot, the the, the, the quote-unquote darlings of the position ahead of the draft, um, Drew, Drew Sanders in particular. But who are your top five, and then is there anybody else that uh, you find a little more interesting at linebacker? Um, yeah, Sanders is a little interesting. Um, being, um, he wasn't in the top two for me. Um, of course my top one was, uh, Jack Campbell, right? Uh, I just felt he was the best in this class, uh, as a true inside guy coming out of Iowa. So, um, hundred tackle seasons, um, can play in coverage, super tall, then went to the combine and just blew it up, right? So um, I was a little concerned that Detroit took him <laughs> because they have linebackers and, well, maybe not great linebackers, but they have linebackers, and I thought they had more needs. So kind of threw me a little bit that they took him. But he's going to play. They drafted him in the first round, so it's not like they drafted him yeah. to be a backup or anything. So he's – He's going to play, and some of the early stuff I've seen, they're kind of impressed with him. So, um, yeah, like I said, I think he's easily the best linebacker in this class. Shouldn't come off the field, really, um, unless there's some issues where he's just not getting it. But I don't see that happening. Um, I'm kind of looking at some of these because they've got them listed at outside linebackers, and I'm trying to stay – completely inside here um go ahead which yeah which we'll get into that that was one of my questions coming up but is there anybody at linebacker who is might get bumped to edge that is obviously not great not great for their their value there there's none that i noticed off the top of my head at least looking through depth charts on like our lads and stuff but is there anybody who the linebackers you're worried about their positional uh, assignment? Uh, not really. Drew Sanders might be one, but they may keep him as a linebacker, right? They may run him off the edge as the outside guy. Because um, mm-hmm. they've got Singleton, they've got Josie Jewell right now. And I, don't, I don't see either one of those two going anywhere right now. Now, next year, that could be a completely different story. But as far as this year, I think that's their two – inside starters. Um, they don't really have a lot on the outside, so Sanders could carve a path there, and he showed he can do that in college, right? So he's done a little both of the inside. The outside, is, he's performed pretty well at the at both of those. So, I mean, he could play on the outside, but I don't know that he'll his uh, designation will really change. I don't see it happening, not anyway. Um Trenton Simpson was my second one, uh, number two linebacker. Um, took me a little bit. You know, I was like, oh, okay, Baltimore here. But the more I look at it, the more I like it, right? It made sense because uh, the Ravens didn't pick up Patrick Queen's fifth-year option. So that's telling. Um, you know, you know, you didn't pick up his option. You draft a guy, so naturally you're going to think, well, he's his replacement. Very well could and be. Then- and they're pretty similar, right? I mean, from what I've read, Simpson and Queen are, are – Queen was kind of Simpson's comp by by a lot of people. So having him come in – and like you said, they didn't pick up that fifth-year option. 
even though they're saying they think he's a, you know, all pro caliber right. linebacker, I, <laughs> they, they didn't show yeah, with the I, fucking pocketbook. <laughs> I think Simpson's a little more athletic, a little more versatile. He can like where he can drop back and play safety a little bit and some of that stuff. Um, yeah, the whole Patrick Queen thing, he, he's coming off his best year, which is weird, right? Everybody's been down on him, but he actually statistically had his best season last year, and they didn't give him the, the fifth-year option. So that kind of tells me that they're going to let him play out his contract, and if he has a great year, they're not going to pay him because you didn't pay him this year, so why would you pay him next year after another great season? So he's going to free agency. They let him walk. They have Simpson that they can plug right in his spot. So that's kind of uh, where I'm looking. Maybe they're actually smartening up a little bit since they paid Roquan Smith a shit ton of money. Uh, we just can't keep paying all these linebackers at a position true. that you know, is replacement level. I mean, unfortunately, yeah. especially in today's NFL, I mean, you don't need three three star linebackers anymore. You know, and those. No, and maybe that's the deal with Queen. They're going to let him walk and keep the rookie there so they can keep Roquan. So. Yeah, let him develop for a year. You know, and then yep. just, you know, plop him right next to Roquan. You know, and since it's um, hyper athletic, a 9.84 RAS score. I mean, this kid ran a 4 oh, four yeah. three at 6'2, 235. <laughs> Strong, big, burnt, over Freak 40 shot. inches. Like, <laughs> mega athlete. <laughs> right? Yeah, he, so can, can, uh, he can fly. Yeah. So the, the, the Simpson conversation with Queen and where they fit in kind of brings me to two other guys. Um, so Dorian Williams goes to Buffalo. And uh, I'm going to probably butcher, butcher this name. DeMarvion Overshow goes to Dallas. What does that mean for two sophomores that I really like? Tara Bernard in Buffalo, and I love Damone Clark in Dallas. Do you think those two guys landing in those two spots hurts those two? Or is this just insurance in case Bernard and Clark don't step up this year? I like it for them, actually. Um, you're going you're gonna to have to be patient a little bit, right? I don't think they step in and start day one. Um, I like Dodson, too, our, our Bernard and Dodson up there in Buffalo. So now you throw Williams in there. So now I, I can see that being a true competition of sorts. Uh, Edmonds is gone. you got Milano, so he's going to be your – he's going to be your veteran presence getting everybody lined up, but – it's kind of, I always kind of look at it kind of weird. Like, you've got two young guys in Buffalo and Dodson and Bernard, right? And I'm a huge Bernard fan. Then they turn around and draft Dorian Williams in the third round. I know that's what, 91st overall. That's not super high, but it's not like he's a dart throw either. So, sure. When they draft somebody, I always kind of think, well, there was a major opening there because Edmonds is gone. And you got these two young guys. Do you not like the two young guys? Is that why you kind of went here with Williams? Um, I don't know. We'll see. I think it's a camp battle thing you're definitely going to watch, but I like Williams. The volume's there. If he can get the job, the volume is there, even with Milano, because we've seen him and uh, Edmonds coexist. Yeah. So for fantasy, I like it for Williams. You may, Like I said, you just may have to wait a little bit. Um, over Sean, uh, man, he's he's so weird. Because he he started at safety and moved to linebacker, then kind of hit a rover position there in Texas for a little bit. Um, 
I was never a huge Damone Clark fan. So I think Overshown has a, a shot there. And, you know, they didn't want to bring back LVE all that well, but they did. So it tells me they're kind of looking for linebacker help too. So I think he's got an opportunity there. Let's see exactly what you said, right? That he, he had some safety experience. That's kind of like the new age linebacker, right? I mean, six, four was he 223 pounds. I mean, he's, he's, he's an oversized safety, you know, they can do a little bit more than just sit in the box. I mean, that's, that's the direction we're going in. These, these 250, 260 pound linebackers are a thing of the past. They're, they're now edge rushers. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I like Overshawn and I was a really big fan of Dorian Williams. I was kind of hoping there was a lot of mocks saying that uh, kind of a day three pick to my Eagles. And that didn't obviously happen as we hate linebackers in Philadelphia <laughs> as a whole. But yeah, I mean, there's just limited opportunity at this point. There's, there's not as many on the field. You have to be multiple uh, to stay out there. So you mentioned some of the top guys, but one you didn't mention right. was Diane Henley. Um, your thoughts about him? I mean, that was a kid that started out as a wide receiver in college. I believe he's a five-year player. Landed in a good spot, in my opinion, with the Chargers. But they also signed Eric Kendricks. So, I mean, I don't know how good of a spot that is. But there's upside with him, no? Yeah, I think so. I mean, the Chargers have kind of always been searching for a linebacker, right? With the Kenneth Murray and some other guys that they've drafted, it just really hasn't panned out. Um, I think with Kendricks there, he's going to be the lead dog, right? Um, mm-hmm. Better and experienced guy. But, yeah, there's a lot to like about Henry or Henley. Um, yeah, converted from wide receiver to DB, then moved to uh, to linebacker. Um, but put his last two – now he started out at Nevada, right? So, And then he transferred to Washington State. But his last two years, he was – especially last year, he was about as good as anybody in the country. Um, you look at his senior year with Nevada, you know, 94 tackles, four interceptions. So shows he can cover. Uh, he returned one for a touchdown. Then last year with Washington State, he had 106 tackles, uh, 12 for a loss and four sacks. Had another pick. So pretty versatile linebacker, can do a little bit of everything. Um, I think with the Chargers, he has a really good opportunity but he's going to be most likely playing behind Kendricks, I think, for a little bit until they can see what's going on, and then they move they move him up as that second linebacker because they like to play a lot of heavy three safety sets, big nickel stuff, so they only use two linebackers for the most part. But, yeah, I can see him fitting in there. Yeah, just took a real circuitous route, right? Like I said, long time in college, started on the other side of the ball, you know, worked two different positions, even on defense. I mean, just finally find his way and still gets decent draft capital. Um, exactly. In Indiana. Oh. <laughs> so that kind of brings us to safety, which is my I, – I, I love safeties. I, in a lot of leagues I'm in, you know, I, I get some of these in-the-box safeties that put up a shit ton of points for me. So it's one of my favorite <laughs> positions every year for, for personally, and then it's fun to see the draft play out because I like to see where these guys go. I love Brian Branch. He's my number one. It's not even particularly close. Who do you have? I'm assuming he's your number one, too. Uh, but if not, who's your top five, and who do you have behind him? Yeah, Brian Branch was easily my top one, too. Um, but, man, I'm not liking this position that he landed in, at least not yet, right? 
Um, he has his, he has some issues, and I went back this offseason right before the draft and started watching rewatching tape, and he's just so good, right? He can he can play basically any position in the secondary corner, slot corner, safety. You know, if you need him to play strong safety, he can do it. So um, I thought he, like I said, I think he's the best one in this class. But landing in Detroit, I was like, ooh, what's what's going on here, right? Because they got Tracy Walker and they got Kirby Joseph and they got some other guys. And I was like, ooh, kind of like we said about um, – Well, they brought in Garner Johnson, who his kind of role, as we've seen – recently is kind of the role I was hoping to see branch go in. So I just hope they're not competing for the same playing time, because those are two guys I would like to see <laughs> on the field together. Well, well listen, Chauncey right. Gardner Johnson's perennially on a one-year deal. So you don't necessarily right. have to wait very long to see branch get on the field. And Tracy Walker's had some injury issues. So maybe, you know, they're looking at letting him go too, you know, next year. So, um, I still like Branch. I just think this year you're going to have to maybe pump the brakes just a little bit. But dynasty-wise, long-term, yeah, I think Branch is easily uh, the best safety in this class. It sounds like you're not um, particularly enamored with the rest. Um, well, no, I think there's just such a, a big gap between the rest of them. Uh, kind of looking at who landed where I like Sydney Brown in Philadelphia. I really like that. I think that's a great fit. Um, they just seem to be killing it with defense the last few years. Right. And now you ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. So now you, now you get a player like Brown, who's going to be super aggressive back there. Right. He likes to play the run and everything else. I thought that was a great pick for them. Um, but yeah, the rest of the class is kind of, you know, Jair Brown in San Francisco could be interesting. Um, but he's, he's going to be player. more free safety, right? Which isn't always good for fans. I would think so. Yeah, but I, I think we're getting away from that a little bit. Free safety, strong safety. I think all this big three safety sets and big nickel stuff has kind of changed that, right? So um, I think he could be an interesting player there. Um and then another one I really like is Jordan Battle in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. You've lost both of your starting freaking safeties, Vaughn Bale, Jesse Bates. You lost them both. And you're – I don't know who you're running out there, but, man, I'm taking Jordan Battle. You know what you're going to get with him, right? Um, he's going to be a solid player. He's going to be lined up where he needs to be. You could, He's going to be dependable, so – if you're looking for a rookie safety, he might be the one that you need to draft right now. If you're looking for this year, um, I thought that was a great landing spot for him though. Yeah. Right now the Bengals have Dax Hill and Nick Scott slotted in. I like Dax Hill last year. I'm not the craziest about. Yeah. Nick so Scott. I think they picked up, they picked up Scott this off season, I think, which will help mm-hmm. them a little bit. Um, but yeah, I don't think you really want Dax Hill playing safety. I think you want him more as a corner or that, Big nickel guy. Uh, not that he can't do it. I just think that's kind of where you would want him. But yeah. 
I'm yeah, a little bit of redundancy with Mike Hilton there right now, but I don't disagree with you. Get him closer to the line of scrimmage, but maybe that's what they do with him as a strong safety. But yeah, I, I like Jordan Battle as well. I had Sidney Brown as my two. I think it was a great landing spot with the Eagles. Now, a guy I was totally unaware of was a, a New England Patriots pick, Martu Map- Marte Mapu from was yeah. it Sacramento State. Some uh, places yeah. have him listed as linebacker also. So depending on what league you're in, he, his position might be uh, wildly different. <laughs> yeah, he played a, he played a lot in the box for them, Sacramento State. So I guess they're leaving it open, and who knows what Bill Belichick will do with him. So, um, but as a safety, there's like a log jam there, right? You've got um, oh, my brain. Kyle Duggar, but Duggar's on his last year, so he might be yeah. the. Pepper still there? Replaced. They re-signed him. Yep. Yeah, you got Duggar, Phillips, and uh, Peppers. Jabril Peppers, mm-hmm. I think, is still there. Yep. So some older guys that are kind of on their last leg, so maybe he, maybe you wait on him a little bit. But who knows? He may move the linebacker. So. This, this entire safety group feels like a wait-on-till-next-year group. Like a lot of them are ju- just – low enough in the pecking order to not get excited for this year. But there's a world where, you know, Antonio Johnson starting in Jacksonville next year. Christopher Smith could be starting for the Raiders. Uh, Jamie Robinson in Carolina is kind of in a weird spot because I hope he's not eating into, uh, what's his name, Chin's work. Jartavius Martin in, in Washington. And they're, they're, they all seem like they're all stash moves by the team's because they're all getting rid of somebody after this season. So I like the group as a whole. I just don't like it for the 2023 season. Yeah, I would agree. I think, the, like I said, the one that I do like is Jordan Battle just because that secondary was just – it was garbage, and what you did have that was good left, right? So yeah, um, I think he could – step in right away and start somewhere for them. So. Yeah, he's ready-made. Uh, so yeah. on my fantasy league, Mapu is a linebacker. On our lads, he's already is the backup strong side linebacker. So, yeah, to your point, John. I mean, yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> in, in one league where they drafted, because, you know, the the leagues too, they, they set it up. You can have individual stuff set up. The one league I've seen him already drafted and he was picked as a safety. On MFL, okay. so yeah, it, it's yeah, yep. <laughs> it's always <laughs> always the fun part of this. Um, before we get to the edge, I had a question for you about cornerback. Again, you know, corners so nuts. Depending on your scoring, could be cornerback premium. It could be the most worthless position. Most of the leagues, IDP leagues I'm in, the the waiver wire is just jammed full of cornerbacks. So my strategy that I started a couple years ago when I just wanted to get your opinion on it, I every year when I have to clear my roster, I cut all my corners. I go into the year with none of them, um, and then I'll usually add some of the rookies who will probably be either starting or look like to be the, the team's nickel corner because opposing offenses know their rookie corners and they're going to be targeting them often. So that's just kind of what I've done for the last few years. And it seemed to work out okay for me. What do you think of that strategy and uh, good, bad, stop doing it, continue. What do you think? (laughs) Uh, I mean, if it's working for you, keep going, right? I mean, corners is such a deep position and most people 
punt the position kind of like you do anyway, right? And they stream it off of waivers and play week to week or whatever. You might get one or two that comes in that just dominates. And like Sauce Gardner and Tariq Woolen last year, right? That's not going to happen every year. You're not going to have the two best players, IDP rookies or NFL rookies, wind up being corners most of the time. That don't really happen. Um, but those two are studs, right? Just right out the gate, just dominating. So I think fancy managers don't overreact and think you can. that's going to be the new norm because I don't think it will be. But, um, yeah, I mean, if you've got – older corners that really ain't producing them, why not cut them and go with the young guys? So, yeah, that's an interesting strategy. I had never thought of it that way, but, yeah, I mean, as long as it works, why not? Yeah, I mean, John's, especially, John's a very interesting man. Uh, that's why. That's putting that nicely. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, for this year, you know, I mean, you know, Devin Witherspoon with, what, fifth overall? Deontay Banks was a first-rounder. They're, they're, they're going to be on the field a bunch. And you're going to assume other teams are going to try to pepper them with targets opposed to the veteran that they're opposite, especially in, in Witherspoon's case. So I, to me, it's just always see, seemed in my head like a good idea. I can't say for sure it's been super effective, but just knowing, like you said, the depth of the position. And if if he ends up sucking the first couple of weeks, and I'm getting no points out of him. There, there's right. going to be somebody on waivers playing, you know, whatever team is leading the league in passing attempts. Yeah, but I like Witherspoon, though, in Seattle, right? You've already got Tariq Woolen, who we just talked about last year. You've got Kobe Bryant, the other corner they drafted last year. Now you've got, um, hopefully, Jamal Adams returning healthy, ready to go with strong safety. You've got Ryan Neal, who they picked up, who's a pretty good little player at safety. Uh, or not Ryan Neal. Um, Saran Neal. No, no, the dude from the Giants they got. No, it is. I have him a ton uh, of places. Uh, but, uh, oh, I'm my looking, gosh, my brain. Looking him up right now. Well, they got Quandre Diggs still. Julian Love's behind them. That's who you're thinking. Julian Love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're kind of rebuilding the Legion of Boom or trying to, right? Um you got Wagner back. So, yeah, I mean, it's not like he's going to be stuck out there where he has to carry the whole secondary. Uh, I think they got some good pieces around him. He should have a good volume. Love the way he plays against the run, right? And that's a, that's a Seattle fit too. So maybe if I'm picking one corner to say, hey, kind of hang your hat on this year, I, I think it's Weatherspoon. Yeah, he's my one with a bull, and it's not even because of five. It's because of exactly what you said. He is a willing and able tackler. And yeah, it, I at least want to get something out of that because <laughs> if I'm looking for interceptions and, and the like, I mean, they're a dime a dozen. I mean, good luck trying to figure out the week and the player that's going to get it. But a dude I know is going to be involved right. in the run game, you know, at least get me something on the edge. Witherspoon is far and away the only cornerback I'm looking at in this class. And then John mentioned I like yeah. Deontay Banks as well for largely the same reason. Yeah. And I'll tell you one that really intrigues me is Christian Gonzalez from Oregon. Mm-hmm. who's now in New England, that dude is a freak. Height, weight, speed, his ability to play on the field. I mean, he can – if you watch him, he'll, he can bait you into some throws that you're like, man, why did I throw that? And it's too late by the time you let it go because he's so good. He can, he, can, uh, he can really affect the game. So it'll be interesting to see how New England uses him. Um, 
Well, you know, too, with, with New England, I mean, we mentioned Mapu possibly being a safety, not quite sure how they're going to use him. <laughs> for for all you could trash, despite being a, a dynasty for two decades, they've done a pretty shitty job at drafting, you know, uh, especially at yeah. wide receiver. They, they, they've had quite a few high-profile misses, but they, they really have put together some pretty decent uh, secondary guys for the NFL and for fantasy purposes. So I think he just gets a bump due to just recent success that they've had at the, at the position. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They uh, tend to do a little better things like on defense for sure. <laughs> well, listen, they're, they're doing a lot of sitting around and waiting these last couple of years. He was the third cornerback taken in this draft as well. It was just like when they kind of sat and waited for Mac Jones uh, a few it's years nuts. ago. What, what happened with Gonzalez that needy teams passed on him? I mean, listen, Emmanuel Forbes, who is an interception machine, but he's like 155 pounds, was drafted before <laughs> well, Gonzalez. It, it was a super deep class for one, right? I think if you go yeah. back the last couple of years, when usually when you saw that first corner come off the board, you saw – two or three right after him, right? So I, I thought maybe when Witherspoon went at five, we'd see a run. But if you look at some of these picks, you know, Tyree Wilson to the Raiders, uh, Carter to the Eagles made sense. Then the other teams, they kind of went, you had four quarterbacks in the top ten. So um, as far as where he went, Forbes, that's that shocked me. I just – I get it. He's super good. He really is. But, man, I've shit turds bigger than him, right? So, it's <laughs> – I mean, it's I mean, crazy because he's not a little guy. He just has no weight to him whatsoever. Yeah. I mean, he's yeah. listed at 6'1", 166. I mean, he could stand Yeah, he's got good height. Just <laughs> – yeah. And he's, I mean, what's I mean, the most he can put on? What's he going to gain tops? 20 pounds? That's what I'm saying. The I was most? trying to be realistic with 10 pounds, but, I mean, the dude ran a 4 three, five, forty. I mean, just lightning fast. And play on the edge anymore where you don't, have, you don't have to tackle anymore. <laughs> you know, if you don't exactly. want to as a quarterback. And, and that's, that's it. He's he's 6'1", so he's got pretty good height. Runs mm-hmm. like a freaking gazelle, four three five, and is a ball hog. That's exactly what got him into the top 20. Yeah. Uh, if he's 6'1", if he's 185, 190. Man, he might have been in the top 10 with the way this looks, you know. I mean, a lot of weight. (laughs) I know. It's not realistic. I I just don't think he'll ever get there. No. That's the same game we play with all these wide receivers, right? All these undersized wide receivers are like, well, if they can only have 10 pounds, we're like, well, they're not going to. I mean, well, you know, and I heard I heard somebody make the argument just recently. I, I think I was looking, uh, maybe I was reading it on Reddit or somewhere, but people were talking about that where they were saying, you know, this guy could just gain a couple pounds. Or I, I think we were even talking about Gibbs. He came up in the conversation like, I just need to tell me he just gains two more pounds. He's 201. No one cares. But But someone made a pretty good argument, which was these college teams have, you know, real professional fucking you know mm-hmm. nutrition people and dietitians and weight room folks like they're all these guys are 18 to you know 21 22 if they're gonna 
put on the muscle mass and stuff at these high-end college programs. It already happened. By the time they get to the NFL, you, you know, with the exception of guys who went to, like, real small shitty schools, you know, a kid coming out of Alabama probably had as good or better strength as conditioning coaches as he is in the NFL. I mean, how much more weight is he going to be able to even put on a good weight? You know what I mean? They've kind of probably peaked size wise, unless they're just getting kind of sloppy. Yeah. I think you are what you are when you played in college, right? Because these combine numbers, this is just a pure, testing posturing thing right sure people are losing weight or people are trying to gain weight like Bryce Young he's trying to gain a few pounds and I look at what you played at when you were playing your last year your last four or five games what weight were you playing at that's probably what you're going to be playing at in the NFL because like you said yeah. Alabama and these schools Clemson they, their nutrition teams are are so good as well so it's, it's like a smoke screen, really. So I, I don't really pay as much attention to it. I like to see the official numbers, but other than like, and you can see it sometimes, like if one player is 180 and all of a sudden he's up to 200, well, you know what that's about. And vice versa, so if he weighed 200 and he's down to 180, then you know he's trying to run faster or whatever. So Yeah. It sounds, sounds like we're talking about Bryce Young here. Clearly. <laughs> it's, it's, it's I never said any names. I never mentioned a name. <laughs> so far, far too much time on the, the worthless cornerbacks. So kind of we mentioned at the top of the show, the deepest position and, and kind of the position that has the biggest impact in the NFL too this year was defensive end. So real quick, before we start getting into your top five there, was there, and we mentioned it a bit at linebacker, is there anybody here you're worried about getting the linebacker designation instead of the defensive end or the edge designation that's going to really tank their value? Oh, man. man. I mean, I guess you could go with a lot of these, really. Um, I guess it really kind of depends on once we get closer to the season and kind of see where they're truly lining up or where they're truly beginning to fit in, right? Um I don't know I think, that I'm worried right now at the moment, but yeah, because who who does the designations? It's Gary Davenport, right? Yes. So I mean that <laughs> poor fucking guy. That's a real <laughs> thankless job because yeah, I mean you look at the teams, you go well. The 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 common thought would be, well, this team runs a three four. This guy's gonna uh, probably be pass rushing outside linebacker, or so he gives him the linebacker linebacker designation or the leagues that do edge <laughs> but so right. few teams just run out of that three four every single snap like just because yeah. that's the first snap of the game that guy might be playing basically you know <laughs> as the, yeah. the end on four three for 70 percent <laughs> of the snaps on that game but the first series he's you know outside linebacker it, it, it's so fucked up and it's hard to pick these guys i've, I've had it in the past where, you know, I'm taking a guy as a linebacker and then the season finally starts and now I'm short at linebacker because he got the de de uh, defensive end designation or, or vice versa. So I, I hate this part of IDP. I wish T leagues should just kind of go to that edge designation and then kind of squish them all together because, yeah, when you are drafting somebody at a certain position and then they change their designation 
in camp, now you're scrambling because you're short and have too many people at another spot. I, 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 I hate it. So that's why I was always curious to see who you had possibly moving. But getting past that, who are your top five? Let's say six because Anderson's going to be one. Yeah, Anderson's one. I don't think it's close. Um, I know a lot of people said Tyree Wilson and some guys. I like Anderson better than Carter. I just think Carter plays a position that is so thin, even in the NFL, right? You're, you're elite Donalds and Simmons. You don't have a whole lot of those. So I think that's where he kind of separates himself. Anderson, I think he's just the best defense player in this entire draft, just bar none. He's, that dude's a beast. To do what he did as a junior and then come back, or as a sophomore and then come back as a junior, knowing that everybody in the world knows who you are and are going to focus on you and still put up the numbers you did, that's that's pretty impressive. Um, I hate it that he uh, landed in Houston, but oh well. Oh. Um, yeah. Before we move past that, is, is he worth trading away a future first and whatever, 12, wherever they were at? to move up to three to get a Will Anderson? Is he a franchise-changing edge? I think so, yeah. If they can put the pieces around him, yeah. I think he is. <laughs> but but they traded away the picks to put the, away the pieces around him. Fuck, trade away the pieces. Well, you know, I, I think he is. He's You got a new head coach, that's the thing, right? And he's come from San Francisco where he's got a winning formula. So if he's basing it on that, this is his Nick Bosa, so to speak. Yep. Yeah, I, I get the the role in the defense with D'Amico Ryan's. I just, I don't know. I was, I was the thing with this is, is Houston was so bad talent wise overall. They almost had to do this if you think about it, right? You don't have a quarterback. You're running out Davis freaking nails. Come on, really? And you don't have a pass rusher. That's that can be a stud or a star for you. So yeah, you mortgaged away a lot. But man, you got probably two most important pieces that you need: a quarterback and a pass rusher. Yeah, don't disagree. All right, moving on. Who's your Who's your edge two? Oh man, this is the more I look at some of the. This is such a deep class, but the more I look at them, I, I keep moving them around a little bit. Um, and I think these two are going to be. You can interchange them. I think. I'm going to go with Tyree Wilson at two, opposite of uh, Max Crosby. Uh, You know, Chandler Jones is still there, but that's not really worked out. So, especially for what they're painting. Um, So now you get a rookie that can um, dominate. Now, he's only had one really good college season, so we'll see how that turns out. But having the stud across from you, that helps too, right? You don't have to do everything. So I like him. And then Lucas Van Ness for Green Bay. Um, going to get to play opposite of Rashawn Gary. Um, they got rid of the Smith brothers, I think. Well, Preston still may be there. I don't remember. But, you know, he's backs out of his career. So shot of youth. Um, probably going to be on the field a lot now that Rodgers is gone. So, again, opportunities. That's what you're looking for. And I think he's I, – I like Van Ness a lot. Uh, I was on him in IDP Debbie for the past two or three years. And I kind of felt like he should have stayed, honestly, because uh, people were like, well, he didn't start at Iowa. Well, I was had some pretty good pass rushers over the years. So um, 
but he still was among the team leaders in sacks, right? So um, I thought he should have stayed and been the starter this year and in a much thinner class he could have pushed into the top five, right? So um, could, could grab some of that NIL money. Yeah, yeah, true. So, yeah, I think those are my top three. Um, then, ooh, this is tough. Then I'm going to go Will McDonald at four for the Jets. Um, I know they drafted Jermaine Johnson last year. Uh, they just restructured uh, Carl Lawson's um, deal up there. But he's the veteran guy, right? They were, I think they were kind of willing to let him walk because of the tag. So if he wanted to stay, he was going to have to take a pay cut, and that's pretty much what happened. So even still, I think he's he's about done too. So now you got your two young guys with Jermaine Johnson and Will McDonald, Sala again, you know, kind of following or leading what uh, D'Amico did coming from San Francisco. You're seeing the same kind of path. So um, I think those two, McDonald and Jermaine Johnson, are going to be a nice set of booking rushers for the Jets for a while. I don't disagree. I like I like McDonald and where he landed. You just glossed right over Nolan Smith, though. Man, are we gonna, we're gonna have to no, talk I didn't about gloss that. over. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, not high on him. No, I kind of. I mean, he's he's good, right? Kind of blew up at the combine. I just, how good is is he as good as these other guys? I don't think so, right? I'm questioning: is he that good because of who he played around or played with, or? did they make him better than what we're seeing? I think we're kind of somewhere in the middle on it. Um, I just felt well, these other guys were were ahead of him a little bit. Yeah, he has some developing to do, but, I mean, we do have the entire Georgia roster in Philadelphia now with him. So well, yeah, the situation yeah, I mean, hasn't changed for him much. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, he's the town around him, but I, I don't exactly. disagree. I mean, he slipped to 30. I mean, there's something to be said. Well, I think his size was had a little bit to do with that, right? So, and we saw it last year when they drafted Nicobe Dean. His size hurt him, and he slid down the draft board. So, where they got him, they got him at great value, right? So, yeah, you're you're putting him with some former teammates. Uh, I like what they do in Philadelphia, anyway. So, yeah. <laughs> Most Georgia Delphia. <laughs> Georgia. So we're we got a question for a guy. Uh, so for Miles Murphy going to Cincinnati, Miles Murphy was at, at some point rumored to like the, the Seahawks at five, but he ends up in Cincinnati and him more than anybody else. Like I don't see a path to any immediate significant snaps uh, with, with Hendrickson and um, Hubbard there. Do you see him just kind of a, a three man rotation they're going to have on the edge or how do you do you think he's going to have any kind of impact in year one? Is he buried? What do you think of that landing spot? Year one, he's going to take some lumps, right? I thought Murphy was one of the top three ends in this class. Uh, just dominated at Clemson. Um, I actually like the landing spot because you mentioned Sam Hubbard and Hendrickson, right? And you were like, well, I don't see the clear path. Maybe not this year. I think he's good enough that he's going to force his way into a rotation. But there's something big looming in Cincinnati, and it's called a Joe Burrow extension or <laughs> yeah. whatever it's called. And 
they are going to have to cut this freaking cat number down, which could be a Hendrickson Sia, could be a Hubbard Sia. If and if that's the case, then Miles Murphy's he's stepping into a prime role. Well, and I always wondered too. Like we see, you know, we think about it in ter- in terms of offense, where somebody the 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 volume goes down, but their you know production kind of ticks up because they do more with their limited touches, whether it's due to being tired or whatever the the reason may be. Yeah, if he does force his way on the field, I don't know. I, I would you know fingers crossed because they have a ton of Hubbard, but I could see a world where they each you know because they're not having to rush the passer every single snap because they get to take a breather for, you know, a series or whatever. I could see a world where they all kind of get a little bump in, you know, at least sacks, maybe not tackles, but their, their sacks tick up because they're a little more well-rested. So that I, I just don't like it for this year for any of them, actually. Right. Yeah. You, they're kind of going to piranha each other's volume away a little bit, right? Especially if Murphy is, can get on the field this early. So, but if you're playing dynasty and I, that's kind of what I do mostly, I don't play any redraft. So (laughs) you're kind of playing the long game a little bit and I'm willing to bet on him because I know, like I said, the burrow thing is coming. They have to address that and what he's going to command. They're going to have to make some moves. So, I just think defensive end could be one. Is it Hubbard? Is it Hendrickson? Is it both? I, w- I wouldn't think it's both, but I think it could be one. And uh, I think Murphy's the next man up. They're going to groom him this year and get ready. The The only other guy I wanted to ask you about, um, and we'll walk, I know Walk wanted to get some Nolan Smith action in there. Um, I'm, <laughs> I'm not even going to attempt the name. The guy AA from Northwestern. He fell quite a bit. I think he was a third-round pick, ended up with the Colts. Um, what was the reason for his fall, and what do you think about him in Indy? Yeah, out of Tommy, out of Aware. Yeah. Um, look at you. Mm. Well, <laughs> no, don't look at me. Smooth as silk right there. I'm, I'm <laughs> impressed. Um, good player. Um, man, what he did at the combine was insane, right? And I think – from that point to the draft, his value was probably raised more than anybody's. Um, but I don't – in such a deep class, I think he's more of a bit of an interior guy because he transferred from uh, James Madison, I think it was, and went to Northwestern. Um, good player. I just don't think he's an elite pass rusher. Um, I think he's a versatile guy that – can play inside, play outside. Indianapolis needs him, right? They need some help up there anyway. So um, not somebody that I'm actively seeking out in my rookie draft. I think there's too many other players that I would – at the position, like Derek Collins, Seattle. I like that. Uh, Isaiah Foskey in, in New Orleans could be a decent one. Uh, and there's some other guys – that I think we could talk about here a little later to position like sleepers and stuff. So, yeah. Well, that kind of wraps up our uh, positional kind of top five talk. Um, who among this group, not not just positionally, but IDP in general, who had your favorite landing spots and who did you think had the worst landing spots in this draft? Um, 
we talked about Brian Branch, and I th- it's not that I hated the landing spot per se. I just think they have to sort some things out, get Walker out of there, um, some other guys, and reshuffle. But, yeah, for now, I think that was one. Um, Noah Sewell, the linebacker, wasn't really high on him coming out. Uh, thought he was had some coverage liabilities and stuff like that, so I kind of dropped him down my – my list. If you can get him as a two-down guy, then sure. But he went to Chicago, and they already had Jack Sanborn. Then they signed Tremaine Edmonds. Then they signed P.J. Edwards. There's no fit for him, right? I think any chance of a value he had got killed right there. So maybe it's a long play, but yeah, I'm so just it's horrible. Yeah, <laughs> linebacker, linebacker four isn't very appealing. Yeah, special yeah, teams one right there, guys. There you go. <clears throat> um, some favorite spots, man. I, the, a lot of these guys I like. I guess if you look, like I said, I love the um, Will McDonald to the Jets, um, the Nest to the Packers. Uh, if you want to look down, Derek Hall to Seattle, I think there's opportunities there. Um, there's some later ones like um, – I'm trying to find it here. If you really wanted to take a long shot, Jose Ramirez in Tampa Bay, right? Um, there's some – it's such a deep class. So, I mean, it's – I've, I've never heard that name before. Who's Jose Ramirez? He is the defensive end from Eastern Michigan, with which, if that sounds familiar, that's the same place Max Crosby come from. So, he was either – he was either first, second in Division One in sacks this year. So a lot of you know we were talking about the comp from Kansi to Donald. You're seeing a lot of this with Crosby too. But Ramirez, he's he's a good pass rusher, um, and they need help. So okay, yes, I was unaware of this gentleman either till this moment. But I'll be <laughs> doing a little doing a little digging. That's good. That's a good sleeper. So we're talking about the winners and losers for the rookies, where they went in, where they landed. Among the veterans with these new rookies coming into the teams, are there any veterans that you thought survived that you didn't think were going to possibly going into the draft or who was a big loser based on uh, who the teams brought in on draft day? Uh, man, loser. Well, Carl Lawson kind of lost, right? Because, like I said, they were willing to let him go, and they drafted McDonald, and they had Jermaine Johnson last year. So they're looking to get younger. Um, Seattle with Derek Hall, they're going to have to make a move there. Um, I don't know that anybody's value took a major hit this year. Kind of like we were talking corners, wait till next year. I think it's kind of the same way with some of these guys. Wait till next year, and you're going to see a lot of it start to pan out a little bit. And I, I think for some players, like you know, we, we mentioned Jack Campbell landing in Detroit. I don't know if it hurts anybody, but I don't know if anybody wins either. Like, <laughs> I like uh, what's his name, Martinez from last year. They have Anzalone there. It, it's just he's Malcolm not going to That's what I. What did I call? Him? Well, they have, they have. <laughs> but, but, yeah, so uh, th- th- there's guys that I like there, 
And it's, you know, until they start getting on the field, like on paper, you go, "Uh oh, this might hurt this guy or that guy. But especially a linebacker with with the teams that run a a more traditional 4-3, you go, well, whose job is he going to take? Because I think back years ago, you know, as a Bears fan, when they brought in Erlacher and you go, well. You're going to play the the Will or the Sam or the middle, and they ended up, you know, moving him around. And you go, well, fuck, he's taking this guy's job. And then he ends up taking somebody else's job because through the process early in the year, early in his career, he ends up playing a different position than they start him. So sometimes, especially with the linebackers, like I I clench up a little bit and I go, "Uh uh-oh, this is bad for so-and-so. And then you go, oh, shit, he's not even – we're in week two and he's playing a totally opposite position than we thought all offseason. Right. So, my, and Detroit is a good one because who's going to be the other man now? I think it, it's not going to be Anzalone because they just re signed him. So, that leaves um, Malcolm Rodriguez and Derek Barnes. One of those two guys are going to be out because Lucas Van Ness, unless he just screws this up somehow, he's starting. Uh, the draft capital just you mean Campbell. confirmed that. Or, yeah, Jack Campbell. Sorry. You know, his draft capital just all but kind of sealed that unless he just screws it up and can't do what he's supposed to do. So um, I think maybe it's Barnes that's out. You probably play Anzalone and Rodriguez on the outsides and and let uh, Campbell clean up in the middle. Um, It's kind of what I'm looking at. Yeah, that always always scares me with the linebackers. So before we get into the – the wrap it up with the end of the, the rookie talk real quick with veterans this year. Any sleepers you got for people? I know everybody loves sleepers and any veteran IDP sleepers for people. Uh veteran IDP. Uh, I can't think right off the top of my head. I'm so geared up on rookies. You messed me up here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we can come back to it if you got nothing. So yeah, okay, going, we'll back, back. going back to the rookies with sleepers. What 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 guys in this class? Kind of the the unheralded guys we've all heard about. Who lesser knowns do you like this year as kind of sleepers? Because I ended up picking. You know, Walk and I were talking about this before we started recording. You end up picking late a lot of the time, especially if you have good teams. So a lot of the good players get snatched up early in these IDP leagues. There's usually bigger. Deeper drafts, seven, eight, ten rounds sometimes. Uh, who are some of the later round IDP guys you could see possibly having some impact as a sleeper this year? Um, yeah, I've got three that are kind of interesting. Um, it's not that they're not well known, but they're not stars either. Um, so one of them's Henry Toto, linebacker in Houston. They've had that mess down there for the past few years again new head coach he's going to want to put his stamp on it but if they need a leader who can just be out there get everybody lined up where they're supposed to be call the play and run the defense i think he's going to be the guy i mean he's a downhill thumper right that's where he excels at so with that a new new head coach wanting to put his stamp on the team you've already got your big star pass rusher and anderson so I think there could be some opportunities there for Toa Toa. Um, probably starts out on special teams, but um, interesting. To, it'll be interesting to see if he can start to push his way once uh, training camps and stuff get here. Um, and I'll stay at linebacker. D. Winters for San Francisco, right? You're thinking, what? Why? 
Well, they got Fred Warner. They've got Drake Greenlaw. That's the two studs, right? But they had Aziz Alshair, who was, for an LB3, he was really damn good, right? Yeah. I could see your new starter. In that your new role. starter in Tennessee. Yeah, our new starter. So, yeah, I think he do well in Tennessee because I think he's going to get the volume. But I could see a player like Winters pushing for that third spot behind you, beside your two studs. So, um. And then K.J. Henry is an edge out of Clemson going to Washington. And you're like, well, Washington's got a star-studded defensive line, right? With, they just paid Deron, uh, Deron Payne, and they've got Jonathan Allen, their, their superstar, um, who I thought was defensive player of the year for the early part of the year. First five, six games, he was just something else, but not to get sidetracked, but and then you've got Montez Sweat and Chase Young. Well, Chase Young's can't stay healthy. Um, Montez Sweat's kind of slipped a little bit, so they didn't pick up Young's option. So is he out? If so, then Henry they could be getting KJ Henry ready to groom for him, or even for Montez Sweat. So um, that's kind of three that I'm that got drafted lower in rookie drafts that I'm kind of looking at. Listen, it might not qualify as a sleeper, but I think by default you kind of talked about a veteran who is due for a huge uptick, and it's Al Shire and going to Tennessee. I mean, I, I think he's yeah. going for a huge season. <laughs> with the oh, gosh. What a <laughs> perfect storm for him, right? I mean, yeah. there's no competition. David Long's gone. Uh, Zach Cunningham's gone. So they don't have really anybody other than Monty Rice and uh, uh, I forget the other kid's name, but young guy. So – and not – really dominating so he's going to step in no competition and a heavy volume role because Tennessee's going to ground and pound it right with Henry and if they don't fix this quarterback play they're going to be on the field a lot so yeah good good landing spot for Aziz the good thing about that too is you know he's almost it's almost he's a pure volume play like we talk about you know some of the running quarterbacks that even if they suck in real football, it right. doesn't matter because they're going to get you the totals. So even if he does stink, I can't think of the guy's name a couple of years ago. I think he was in Jacksonville who like by all the metrics and PFF stuff, he was one of the worst linebackers, but he had a shit ton of tackles because he was the only middle linebacker they had. I, I'm not sure if it was Jacksonville, but it, kind of the same situation here. Even if he plays like shit, there's no one else to even get him out of the middle of the field. Exactly. He's just he's just stumbling into numbers, right? Should I mean tackles are running into him? That's what's uh, exactly <laughs> that was. I can't think of who I'm thinking of, but that was how you he was of a, described a couple of years are ago. Are you thinking of a Luacon, the guy that was with the Falcons? Yes, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, he, yeah. Little tackle leader like the last two years, yeah, yes. And as far as yeah. I can tell, yeah, all his measurables are horrific. <laughs> but it doesn't matter. Yeah. And he got paid. So good for him. Yeah. Yeah. So any any of the we, everybody loves sleepers. Any of the good guys or, or known guys that you're fading this year? Um uh, kind of fading Carter, Jalen Carter a little bit. Um just this this whole offseason thing has been just steamrolling on him, right? You saw him slide down the draft a little bit. Um he did land in a good spot, though. I'll give him that. If he if he can't do it in Philadelphia, then he can't do it, right? 
I mean, you've got veterans, you've got star rookies, you've got former teammates who were stars. So, I mean, it's the perfect spot for him. So, if he can't get it there, I don't know that it'll happen. And I'm, another reason I kind of fade him is because probably where you're going to have to draft him is going to be a slight overpay because I think a lot of people are they're going to agree and say, yeah, Philadelphia, this is where it's at. They're going to reach for him, I think, a little bit. So I'd rather have a guy like Breezy, somebody like that, that you can get uh, a lot cheaper and who's probably going to be not that big of a gap off as far as fantasy-wise. What do you think? I, we, we've talked – his name has come up a couple of times already. Drew Sanders is somebody who I really liked going into the draft. I don't like the Denver landing spot, so he's kind of fallen off my board unless I get him at a real value. I just don't like him, his fit in Denver. What Am I am I wrong or am I on the right path? What do you think of Sanders? No, I'm kind of with you. Um Another head coach trying to put his stamp on right with um, oh my gosh, Sean Payton. Sean Payton, yes, thank you. Man, my brain's horrible today. Um, so he's going to want to change his stuff a little bit too. <laughs> I'm looking at our lads. They have him Sanders that million as the backup to Jewel at, at one of the inside. So it's Jewel and Singleton. Then they've got Sanders and Jonas Griffith, the one-year wonder from a couple of years ago. <clears throat> On the outside, they have Randy Gregory, Barry Browning. Neither one of them have been stars, really. Um, yeah. So if they can't get Jewel or Singleton moved, I guess, is you know if they don't leave or whatever for Sanders to come in, maybe Sanders – looks at being one of those outside linebackers. Uh, he has experience there, done pretty well there. So um, he's a piece that they can kind of move around, I think. Um, I think he's it's next year for him because I think either Jewel or Singleton, probably Jewel, but um, not that he's played bad. I think his contract's going to force him to move on. So um, I think next year – Sanders kind of moves into that starting role, maybe. Well, it wasn't – I mean, not comping the players at all, but wasn't that kind of the thing with Hassan Raddick, right? Like he played on the outside. They bring him to the NFL. They said, all right, you're going to be an inside linebacker. Kind of falters there, and then after a couple of years, they move him back outside and he thrives. I could kind of see that path with Sanders, where they're trying to shoehorn him in, in the inside – if he doesn't necessarily do well there, they might have to bump him back outside where he was successful previously in college. So, yeah, just the the mystery with him and just seeing yeah. how it had played out in the past with Hassan Reddick, like it scares the shit out of me. And you know, who knows what the fuck Denver is going to look like this year on both sides of the ball after that disaster a year ago. Yeah, this is going to be a, a lot of moving pieces this year, I think, in Denver. Because uh, I agree with you, they're going to move Sanders around a little bit, possibly. But the more I look at this roster, there's another player that I really like in Denver too, and it's back in their secondary. So while you've got the linebacker situation moving around, those safeties are going to move too, right? So they've got Justin Simmons, the the star veteran free safety, and then they just brought back Kareem Jackson, who's currently listed as the starting strong safety. 
they had Caden Stearns last year that they drafted, or a couple years ago, um, who they really like. Probably going to replace Simmons when he's done. Right? Simmons has played forever, so they're grooming Stearns. He's been that third safety for them last year. But they drafted J.L. Skinner out of Boise State. And this dude, if you've not seen him play, go watch him play because he is something else. I actually had him as my third best safety in this class. Um, he can do everything. He can play the free spot. He can cover. Uh, he can play the strong spot. He can play down in the box. Um, and he will hit you. I mean, just absolutely hit you. And But he's got the range, right? When you're watching him, he can cover sideline to sideline. So I think their safeties. Simmons and Jackson, that's your veterans that you're going to roll with. But I think Stearns and especially Skinner, that's the future. Um, and Skinner's big enough he could even play linebacker. So they can do everything with him. But, yeah, uh, I think you're going to – Just talked me into a sleeper. Those are all my <laughs> key words. <laughs> uh, I think he's, he's going to be on the field I, a lot this year, I think. I know he kind of missed uh, – the what was it, the combine or whatever, he had a little injury or whatever that kept him out of it, or the Reese's ball or whatever. So, But, man, he's he's as good as anybody in this class at the safety spot. And uh, Denver's going to be – if they – they're going to be scary what they can do on defense, I think, with Vance Joseph being the coordinator and some of these young pieces. Yeah, there could be some really good IDP pieces here. If they they yeah, can only I mean, score more than fourteen points a game. Well, now see that's what they're they're banking on is an <laughs> upgrade. Exactly. Defense. I don't care if they score zero points as long as that defense is out there playing good. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, guys that aren't even starting, like you mentioned, when when I was scrolling through our lads, it's Caden Stearns, Jonas Griffith, Nick Benito was a second round pick last year, who's back up in yeah. Baron Brandy. So they're they're just throwing linebackers at you all day long. Um, you yeah. Know, so Sanders could get an opportunity as a rotational guy, but. I think yeah, so, yeah. That's uh, looking through their team. I'm pretty impressed. Like we were talking about Justin Simmons uh, as well uh, at Freya. So should be a pretty formidable defense. Yep. All right. I'll cut. I came back to it. Vet- veteran sleepers, then we'll get out of here. Anybody come to mind? Oh, my God. You're killing me with this veteran stuff. We're talking rookies. Um, veteran sleepers. Wow. People, people love sleepers. I know. I just wasn't ready for the sleeper part of well, the veteran part anyway. Um, trying to think right off the top of my head. It's hard to do this early. Um, veteran sleepers. Just rolling through the teams real quick. Um, man, I honestly can't think of any right off the top of my head. <laughs> we'll we'll cut this out. The question was never yeah. asked. <laughs> okay, good. We never we never circled back to it. <laughs> as soon as we get as soon as we get done, I'll think of something. I'm sure, but man, I, a I list can't of think anything. Yeah, I don't know. If you've heard of this Aaron Donald fellow, but <laughs> yeah, he sucks. <laughs> I'd trade him. I'd give him away if I was you, <laughs> Re- Reggie White. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, all right, D. Thank you for coming on. We appreciate it. Let everybody know where you're at on Twitter, your podcasts, all that stuff, and then we'll jump out of here. Well, thanks for having me. Um, 
appreciate it. It's been fun. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Hollywood Titan. Um, you can find all my work over idpnation.com. That's where the podcast are is where the podcasts are as well. Um, IDP Nation, Debbie IDP Grind. If you're into the IDP Debbie stuff, college stuff, check that out. And then also we've got the Patreon, IDP Nation Patreon. You can check out a lot of good stuff there. So, yeah, just kind of cruising along, doing a little bit of everything right now. Appreciate it. Busy time of year. So finally dipped their toes into the defensive side of things for this offseason walk. So back to offense, I think, next week. If hey, we're I don't need it. to know where you're dipping your toes, okay? That's, <laughs> I don't think you know. the, the waters of Lake Minnetonka. But that should do it for us. So thanks again for coming on, Daryl. For myself, John Debari, my co-host, Mr. Matt Walker, we are the Fantasy 40, and we are out of here. <laughs> I don't even there you're done, dude. I mean we this happened in the those two leagues we're in on um fuck you call it. Oh yeah, one of these and all. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Leafs like there. I'm not you're burying my inbox with shit trade offers. I'm just not like you said, I've got a life, I've got shit to do. I see the email or whatever. It's not worth me logging into the site to reject it or even counter. Like, uh, okay, we're not we're not even close here. Yeah, I I live in two different worlds. It's one if it's so egregiously bad, and I you know say not a fan of the person, I will take the time to log into the site because I'm coming over the top with a far more ridiculous counter offer <laughs> for their trade than anything else. Or it's, yeah, just let it sit and wither on the vine, right? But too many people now are, you get all these trade offers where it's, hey, I'm interested in this guy. What do you want for him? I'm like, send me a trade. And they're like, well, why don't you just, just send me something? You know who I'm interested in. I'm like, no. No, I'm not, gonna, I'm not doing your work for you. If you want the guy, send me a trade for him and because I want to see how you value him. And then we can take it from there. I'm not going to yeah. tell you. <laughs> Let's set the table. We, we've talked about this before. The only time I think that's reasonable <laughs> is if you say, you know, you're looking for players or picks. Because I don't want to send you Fine. players if you want picks or vice versa. But if yeah. you want to ask that question, you know. The, the random. <laughs> then go make the trade still. Like, too often not. It's like, oh, okay. And then you never see a trade come. Like, huh. All right. I guess you were trying to send me, you know, uh, Robert Woods for, for my guy or you know, insert random old player you're trying to dump here. And I just didn't, I didn't respond in kind. Sorry. I'm going to shoot the link over to him. Now. There's also guys that I put in a penalty box, my fantasy penalty box, where I just ignore them entirely. No matter what they do. They can message me. They can send me trades. They can do whatever they want. And I just ignore everything. Like, they don't exist. I have one person I know I've just refused to trade with. Yeah. 
I'll trade with anyone. I will. Even if like, even if I hate you, I will. <laughs> I, I have to really get over on you for me to even consider it. I'm not looking for a fair trade with some people. Most people, it's like, this is what I want, and then I'll help you accordingly. Let's, you know, it can be a win-win. There's certain guys where I have to know I'm winning the trade to even consider it. Like, without a shadow of a doubt, I'm winning this trade. All right, there we go. Hey! I added him and I got kicked out. <laughs> Something wrong with my audio here. Far too much testosterone, apparently. We, I can hear you fine. Yep. Maybe he can't hear us. Well, you know how to fix that, John. Here. <laughs> you, you do. Technician. <laughs> You there? We can hear you. Can, can you, you hear, hear me? Us? <laughs> what? <laughs> this is pissing me off. The fact that we both resorted to the nod. <laughs> we knew we could hear us. <laughs> No, I guess you can do it after. I think that's what most of them do is, you know, add the they have. But then, yeah, I mean, somebody's like the like player profile has like someone whose job it is to edit podcasts. Right? Like, can't you do that? Like, <laughs> you hit it. I mean, ready yeah, to I mean, go? Can you be like, sure oh, bad rankings <laughs> again? Up and down the ranking board. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Nah. Oh, shit. <laughs> 